love has done its part And let him reign in my life and my heart If love has done its part Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. talk about a subject that Lee has brought to us about illegitimate ways to meet legitimate needs. So why don't you, Lee, describe to our listeners what on earth you're talking about? What are illegitimate needs and legitimate ways, and what what are you talking about here? I always like the way uh, you look at me, like, confused sometimes, like, okay, what is this title really going to come out as? I just want to empathize with our listeners and right. be like, what on earth are you talking about? <laughs> well, it, it may sound like what on earth, but uh, I think one of the most important things for men to understand, because walking through this addiction thing generally leads a guy through desperate shame and just this feeling that there's just nothing good about me. And uh, I think uh, this kind of topic came out of some counseling sessions I had had with several guys who were just dealing with a lot of shame. And um, I just kind of felt like guy was kind of speaking to me that, you know, sin itself is a illegitimate way of meeting a legitimate need oftentimes. And trying to help these guys see that they had had, had growing up legitimate needs. There just wasn't anybody to show them legitimate ways of meeting their need. And it's kind of like the little boy who grows up in the abusive home and dad's not ever around and mom's emotionally distant and, you know, and so he's emotionally, nobody really connects with him. So he finds his own sexuality to help comfort. And uh, that's one of the, the main things that I started seeing is that, you know, a lot of get these guys wondered, well, why did this all begin? Why did it start in the first place? You know, that whole question that sometimes a guy will ask, well, you know, I got a friend who he picked up porn when he was 11 and put it down by the time he was 13 or 14 and said, nah, that's not really for me, versus the other guy, which is me, saying, you know, I picked it up and I couldn't put it down after that. Right. You know, and it was kind of this whole process of learning that, you know, sometimes it's those illegitimate ways that are offered to us to meet our needs that sometimes stick because there's just nothing legitimate to actually address the need. And I think we want to also uh, let our listeners know we're, what we're talking about here is is one big, but just one facet of what goes into developing a sexual addiction. Because sure. even as you're talking, I'm saying, man, you know, there's there's also uh, there's there's kind of the environment issue, but there's and the the need issue. There's also personality issue. There's also you know there's other things that can be part of that introduction to pornography, those sort of things. And this is just seems to be what always kind of rises to the top as what tends to be kind of on the foundation of what continues a person 
seeking out pornography and everything. Would you say that? I mean, it's like, it seems to be like an issue that sort of rises up over and over and over again as a really consistent issue in guys who develop an addiction. Sure. I just think it's, I mean, I, I think overall it's a process of helping a guy look at, you know, why did it stick to me? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the main, this is one of the main issues of why it's stuck is it may have stuck because you grew up in a home or you were exposed to, you had a lot of pain, and there just wasn't anybody to address that pain. So you went looking or you ultimately found illegitimate ways to meet these legitimate needs of connection, relationship, uh, having someone that you could share your emotions with that would actually help you deal with those emotions. Most of the guys we work with don't have any of those things. Mm -hmm. So it just happens that they find a way to comfort themselves or to address this issue through their sexuality. Now let's talk about this for a second because, you know, this is... This is something that can get, uh, there can be tons of debate in sort of the psychological community, and certainly then there's tons of debate in the religious community and all this kind of stuff about how is it that we are, um, how is it that we're wired with sort of fundamental needs to begin with? Because I think some guys, you know, like you're saying, they'll say, hey, I had a friend who looked at porn, didn't, it wasn't any big deal. I looked at porn, it became a big deal. And then somebody starts, like you or like me, starts talking to them about, well, you know what, you have basic needs. And people just go, well, where do they come from? What what on earth establishes, How how on earth, why do you say that I as a human being have basic needs? Okay, I know I need to eat, right? I need to eat, I need air. Sure, I get that. But you're trying to tell me that somewhere inside of me as a human being, I have these emotional needs. How can you establish for anyone that that's actually true? How can how can you say that we all have basic, fundamental, emotional, and even spiritual needs? Well, you were created by a fundamentally emotional and spiritual God who gave you all of the best of himself, and he created us for relationship. He speaks throughout the Bible on being fully known and fully loved. And yet a child who grows up in a home where mom and dad are either too busy or too selfish or too distracted to really offer that kind of love and relationship to that kid, he feels pretty lonely and distant at times. Um, Maybe they offer a piece of it, and it's really something that happens on the schoolyard that's different. But somewhere he begins to find this, this place in his heart where he just can't quite connect. And so that lack of connection leads to loneliness and leads to uh, hurt feelings. Um, Most of the guys we work with don't know how to handle emotions because they were never taught, how do I handle this emotion? I come home from school. I tell mom, hey, I had a bad day at school. And she says, run along, Junior. You know, I got dinner to cook. Your dad's going to be home in a little bit. And go play for a little while. It's like, so he keeps being told, your emotions aren't really meaningful to me. I can't really meet you there. And so what does he do? He's got to find some sort of comfort somewhere. And so he finds it in the lone, in the aloneness of his own bedroom and, and porn or sexual addiction or other addiction. And I just, I just think it's important to sort of establish a connection for people to um, why we can even say we have, uh, you know, these basic needs emotionally and spiritually. Because some people, if they come from a real maybe humanistic background or something that is totally devoid of God as creator, there's going to be so much confusion about, but why do I seem to have this stamp in my being 
that needs these things that I can't totally fully explain, but every time I go and try to medicate and, and fulfill it somewhere else, somehow devoid of relationship, devoid of honesty, devoid of God, I can't seem to fill that place in me where, and I can't even explain necessarily what these needs are, but somewhere in my being, I feel empty. And I think it's important to establish that connection that we have a loving God, a creator who said, I've made you in my image. And because of that, I've made you to need connection with me. And I've also made you to need connection with other human beings. And unfortunately, we get so we can get so drawn into that connection with other human beings that we don't know that there are healthy ways to connect and that there are unhealthy ways to connect. Sure. We just may somewhere along the along the line we've heard somebody say, you know, well you need, you know, love, you know, all you need is love. Somebody said that, right? Beatles, you know, all you need is love. And so then we start thinking that's that's the idea, but then we we don't necessarily know the best avenue by which to have that need met. Does that make sense? Sure. And so we get off track because we we f- I think just inherently, even as a child, we have this sense that there's something in me that needs to connect somehow in some way with somebody that's going to tell me you're worthwhile, you're loved, you're safe. Right. You know, and 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 as a kid, how are we going to know how to do that without somebody that's an adult, a parent training us? We sure. we can't know that although we know we have needs inherently as a kid, we don't inherently know how to meet them. Right. And that's the whole process, or that's the whole idea behind finding illegitimate ways to meet these legitimate mm-hmm. needs. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, I I don't know. It's hard, I'm sure, for those folks who have more of a humanistic background to even try to figure that out. But I I know from a perspective of somebody who knows God, then you know what his heart is. And his mm-hmm. heart is for us to relate to one another. He created us for relationship. And I think if you look, I mean, even even folks who don't know God, if you look at your children, uh, they need to to know. They need to see that you care about them. They look for that. Uh, they need to see that you can address their feelings. That they, you know, it's uh, it's that whole process of trying to understand how how as a kid do I get my needs met, uh, and ultimately. Digging, getting distracted at some point if there's no one there to meet them and finding something that will meet that need. Now, I want to talk to the, I want us to talk now to the listeners who are listening to us right now. These are adults that have struggled for years with trying to meet legitimate needs in illegitimate ways. And so they've, they've developed some sort of sexually addictive behavior. They're carrying some sort of secrets. They certainly are filled with shame. How, are, how would you approach this person? Because as we've sort of established here, even as a kid, you know you have these deep needs. You, you probably wouldn't be able to verbalize it or communicate it or be sure. able to fully explain it. But just in your being, you know you have these needs for connection and intimacy and, and love, to be loved. Um, obviously, somewhere along the way, when those needs aren't being met, then this person begins to discover other ways of coping, medicating, soothing. You know, sexuality becomes a favored method. How do you now talk to those adults without increasing their shame by saying, oh, you were just trying to meet legitimate needs in illegitimate ways? How does that, how can you explain that in a way that doesn't actually add shame 
to what they're already feeling because they're like, great, I, I obviously now in hindsight, I see it was illegitimate ways, but now you're telling me, you know, it's almost like attacking them as a kid to say, well, you really should have known how to meet that in a legitimate way. Instead of saying, how do you help that person now without adding shame to them by explaining this idea of illegitimate ways to meet legitimate mean, uh, legitimate needs? Right. Well, my hope is is not that they're getting that, wow, you should have known. It's really more that, wow, hopefully you feel less shame because now you at least realize, hey, I had some legitimate needs back then mm-hmm. that weren't being met. I wasn't just some crazy, perverted little kid that happened to find porn and couldn't let go of it. It was truly that I just had needs and no one ever taught me how to meet them. And as and a kid, you're like, doing the best you know how as right. a kid. It's it's kind of like a, a guy I worked with once who, you know, mom was a, a single mom. Dad had left the picture long ago and and uh, mom was a full-time, of course, full-time employed and working and didn't get home till 6.30 or 7 o'clock every night. He got off the bus at 3, so he had time from 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock almost every night with no one in the house. You know, he was a latchkey kid, and he'd unlock the front door and then get in there and lock it right back starting around the age of 8 or 9 years old. That's that's major time to have some great legitimate needs that were never addressed because mom just didn't have the time to to address them. And so he would spend his 3 or 4 hours of alone time Sometimes being afraid of just being alone, sometimes saying, I'm just bored, what do I do? Uh, And so what he ended up doing is finding his own sexuality at that point. And so what I'm hoping listeners will hear is that, you know, this is a legitimate need. He had legitimate needs to be in relationship with his mom or somebody while he was at, at home there. He was scared. He had no one to turn to. And when a kid looks around and says, wow, there's no one here He'll figure out some kind of illegitimate way to meet this need, not because he's a bad kid, but because there's nothing else offered. And I'd like to actually uh, propose that when you're when you're thinking about this idea of illegitimate ways to meet legitimate needs, especially when you're looking back on your childhood and where some of these formations began in terms of going down those trails that were not the best way to meet the need, I'd like you to... I'd like you to almost translate illegitimate as best I knew how. Sure. Because it's like as a, as a kid, you know, you're going the route, the best you know how, the best an eight-year-old mind can come up with to deal with fear of being alone and, and struggling with, uh, you know, not knowing what to do and, and, you know, the fears that come up when somebody knocks on the door and you're all by yourself and, and just feeling like, uh, do I matter because I'm, I'm always left alone and always kind of seen as just, I should just be able to take care of myself. And, and so then the, whatever you came up with, it, it, you know, in hindsight, you realize it's an illegitimate way to meet an illegitimate or a legitimate need. But at the moment it was the best you knew how. And I think it's important in order to release yourself from that shame to be able to say, okay, where a lot of this formed in terms of not having those needs met in really healthy ways was the best I knew how. Sure. And I think, uh, I mean, I understand the concern about the word illegitimate, but illegitimate doesn't really scare me (laughs) because it's really just a word saying not legitimate, not the best, yeah, not not the the, best thing. Right. And so, because then a guy as a grown-up, as an adult, has to look at, okay, wow, am I still using some of these Mm -hmm. illegitimate ways, these ways that seem to be the only thing I had to pull from at the time, 
am I still using those now? Yeah, because there's always a transfer. I tell guys this all the time who develop a sexual addiction. There's always a transfer at some point in time where you step out of ignorance into knowledge. That's right. So there's always a point. Listen, there, I, uh, you know, very little of what I have encountered in what adult people are doing is out of ignorance. Sure. Somewhere along the way, that just became their preferred method of dealing with life, even if they knew it was unhealthy, even if they had the knowledge now that there are healthier ways to connect, there are better ways to be able to deal with your stress and your fears and your anxieties and all of those sorts of things. But because the training had been set on pretty early, it became a preferred outlet. It became the preferred way to try to deal with legitimate needs. So I don't want people to hear that, hey, you know what? You're sort of always absolved of your, right. you know, illegitimate ways of doing things because there is a point at which, and sometimes it even happens in childhood, teenage years, where there is a point in which you become knowledgeable. You're listening to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Visit us on the web at puresexradio.com. So, Lee, what would you say about, I mean, how would you sort of interpret this idea of it becoming a preferred method that somebody begins to 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 do these particular activities and behaviors in response to trying to meet legitimate needs? Well, I think I would kind of start by just kind of saying, I think illegitimate, if we kind of define that word, is really saying that a kid may have just accidentally chosen something that's not God's best because no one really directed him to God's best. And so he accidentally stumbled upon this thing that was an illegitimate way of meeting this legitimate need. And it did fulfill it. It just didn't fulfill it in great ways. And he's not going to drift towards something that's painful, right? He's going to drift towards something that feels good. Absolutely. And so he's going to drift also towards something that truly does fulfill a need. And Satan always offers us these great illegitimate things that don't really fill. And it's like getting a Big Mac over a nice steak dinner. A Big Mac may fill, but it's not great nutrition. And so it's helping a kid see that. But even as a guy grows up, you know, we were talking a little bit as about preferred. And it's really not even preferred, I don't think. I think if a guy were given the choices all over again, he might truly prefer the completely legitimate way that God would mm-hmm. offer but all he's ever known is is this thing that does feel good. I mean, sex does feel good. Getting drunk does feel good. Getting high does feel good. But they're illegitimate way of dealing with a legitimate need. And so trying to change the word preferred more into it's just all I knew and it did feel for the moment. Yeah, it's almost a familiarity issue. Right. It just becomes so familiar we sort of get into this pattern that even when we're introduced with legitimate ways even with, when we're introduced with healthier ways to connect, we've sort of, you know, put down roots right. over here in these other ways. And so there's a there's kind of a fear of breaking out of what's familiar for a couple of reasons. One is it's familiar, but also because generally speaking, these illegitimate ways that we that we dive into are done secretly. Right. Rarely are these done out in the light and where everybody can know what we're doing. No, a person doesn't, you know, masturbate in the living room with the family, right? You know, so it's like there are these familiar ways that have been done in secret that feel good. And that's really the entrapment that happens in this whole thing is a person then eventually finds that 
even as they start getting introduced to healthy ways to deal with their their stress and their needs, they discover, but I don't want to come out of the dark because that's scary. Sure. That's unfamiliar over there. Plus, it might mean I have to kind of give up my familiar ways of dealing with things. And, and although I know these aren't the best, they do feel good. And I've got a history of feeling good over here. And you're telling me something over here that doesn't necessarily have that immediate thrill of sexuality. You're telling me that there's there is an emotional connection. The, well, that takes longer to develop, and there's seems to me like there's more work to do over there, and it kind of just feels easier to go over here and please myself sexually. Right. Well, and it becomes more of an ingrained thing. It becomes mm-hmm. something that I've just always done, and so the legitimate thing may feel a little foreign. It's like, wait a minute, you really want me to go to God? You want me to pray? You want me to talk to a friend? You want me to call a guy? All that stuff feels a little bit foreign to me. It's not something I'm not, I'm not used to relating. And I really want us to also try to come back to focusing on the, the the previous statement, which is it's also acknowledging that you had legitimate needs. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Because that's a place that sometimes a guy gets to where he's like, wait a minute, there's no excuse for my behavior. I'm a mm-hmm. bad guy. I shouldn't have done those things. And yet you still are going to have to look at it at some point that you had legitimate needs that didn't get met. You just had legitimate needs. And to be able to look at that and say, okay, what were my legitimate needs? It's kind of like the guy whose mom was a, a working mom and he was a latchkey kid. Once the light bulb went on that, wow, I really had no one to talk to from the time of 3 o'clock in the afternoon till almost 7. Then when mom does get home, she's tired. She goes straight to bed. She fixes a TV dinner and goes to her room. I still don't have connection with people. And that is to say, you know what, when you're offered, you know, when you're offered this only way of getting some of your needs met, you're going to take it. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for a guy to go back and look through his history and say, wow, what were the legitimate needs in my family that were never met as they were supposed to be? And I think that's a hard journey to go on. Absolutely. Because, you know, how many of us, I mean, certainly those of us who, who ultimately developed addiction, and all of us, I would say every single person doesn't have parent, perfect parents. Right. So in some way, every human being has somewhere along their development as a child had legitimate needs that were not met. Absolutely. Now, whether or not they then went and tried to discover another way to meet them, you know, everybody's different in terms of the season of life and maybe how how deep their needs that weren't being met were and how long those periods of time, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But I think all of us, this is an issue that every single human being has to deal with at some point in time, because I think what ends up happening is when we don't have legitimate needs met, first of all, it creates a pain. Right. You know, emptiness. It, it, there's an emptiness. There's a wound there because God wants us to be in relationship. And and sometimes also, I think for those of us in, in uh, you know, kind of the Christian community, there can be this false idea that says my connection to God only is what will meet all of my legitimate needs. Right. And some people may call me a heretic. But I think God has a different vision than that. Absolutely. Because his vision is, remember when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, he said, love God and love people. There's this spiritual and human dynamic to what God has called us to relationally. And so sometimes 
falsely, Christians have assumed, if I just get over here alone in my closet, God will meet every one of those legitimate needs. The problem is, is many of our legitimate needs are human-related. Absolutely. Our eyeball-to-eyeball, I need flesh-and-blood relationship. And so if we just close ourselves off in our closet, this is what a lot of sex addicts do. They think, just me and God are going to tackle this problem. I don't need to be connected and in fellowship with anybody else. And guess what? They remain empty in their recovery. And it's until we kind of see that human dynamic that we have legitimate human needs for relationship that involve, that include God, certainly, but they're human. Right. Well, it's like we've, we've said many times, and that is, you know, that's why most of the time God doesn't just go snap your fingers, okay, now I've healed mm-hmm. you in this, because there's so many places to heal in a guy who's got a sexual addiction. It's sometimes his wounds that are caused by parents, sometimes they're wounds caused by friends, or not having friends, whichever the case may be. And so he rarely just says, you know, ta-da, you've just been healed. He helps you heal through relationship because that's the one thing you've always lacked. And not only that, not only just heal through relationship, that's that's sort of the end game. Right. The end game is to be in community. Absolutely. So it's like even if he snapped his fingers and all of a sudden you were completely healed of your your whole paradigm of sexual addiction— Guess where you'd immediately find yourself? Smack dab in the middle of community. <laughs> That's right. You'd still have to be out there in right. relationship. Exactly. So he helps us learn how to be in relationship at the same time he breaks off all the junk that we've accidentally gotten into and in trying to meet that legitimate need illegitimately. Well, we've got a couple of minutes left here, and I, I want to just ask you how you, wanna, how you would want to close this. What would you want the listeners to know as we talk about this? What would be some of the nuggets that you would just want them to really hold on to out of this? Especially, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of our listeners that this is resonating with them. They say, yeah, you know what, I've got a history of of going in unhealthy ways to try to meet what you're telling me are legitimate needs. And maybe for some it's a first discovery that they do have legitimate needs. But what are some, some of the key things that you would want our listeners to remember from this broadcast? Well, I think one main thing is is to remember the, the the legitimate needs first because, yeah, we talked about the illegitimate ways we've gone about trying to meet those things, but a guy has to ultimately look at what were my legitimate needs that weren't met, whatever those look like. And some guy says, nope, I have everything good. I didn't have a problem. I think I'm pretty much all my needs were met. Well, you need to go talk to somebody. You need to talk to a counselor or a friend or somebody who can kind of walk through your life. And actually look at those places where things were dry and dusty. Uh, and I don't mean that your parents intended to be dry and dusty, but there were some times where your needs just weren't been, weren't met. And so start looking there. Second of all, allow yourself to acknowledge that because I had legitimate needs that weren't met, then this thing I stumbled into is kind of like it was the next best thing. It's all I knew at the time. So forgive yourself a little bit for that, that, hey, I stumbled into something that didn't quite work, but it did work well enough. I mean, I think that's the amazing statement, is it did work well enough, because it allowed you, for the time, to at least have something to fill in those empty spaces. And then now, begin to look at, okay, what are legitimate ways to deal with my emotions? You know, um, is it really okay to continue to isolate? No, because that's what got you here in the first place. So the legitimate need is relationship. So if you go out and isolate even still, you know, if your wife says, well, you always spend time at work or you're in your office, that's all I ever see you doing. We hardly ever go do anything together, you know, those sorts of things. 
then you start to see some red flags creeping up that says, oh, wow, I'm still isolating, even now. Uh, if you find yourself having a man cave, and hey, wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with having a man cave, but if you find yourself in one more than you're out relating to your family, then you still might be going back to those illegitimate ways again. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not in your addiction right now, even if you've just gone in and you look at, you know, you play video games and you sit in your, your isolation uh, doing legitimate things, it still may mean that you're looking or you need to look for a relationship. We are glad you joined us today and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener supported and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart Your love has done its part Now let it rain